We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello and welcome to the Esports Biz Show. I'm your host, Justin Jacobson. This week we'll be discussing esports content licensing. Just as a disclaimer, nothing here is intended as legal advice, as all the information is for educational purposes only. This week's guest is Mario Prosperino. Mario is the co-founder of Esbat, a licensing and creative content company focused on esports and gaming. Prior to this, Mario's journey started with him being one of the first employees at All Sport Photography New York. This is where he first witnessed a fusion of photos, live coverage, and editorial content consumption. Leveraging his newfound understanding of the content business, he joined Getty Images and later the Associated Press. For over 20 years, Mario has forged partnerships with notable sports properties such as NASCAR and the NFL, who has worked with prominent brands such as Samsung, Visa, Target, General Mills, Pepsi, Sprint, Reeboks, Adidas, Under Armour, and Nike. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Justin. Appreciate it. My pleasure. So, you know, licensing is essential to the esports business. There's licenses between game developers who use their game and content owners, whether they're images or audiovisual work, such as video clips, and they have the right to license that. So now we know a little bit of what's going on there. Tell us about your past gaming experience. What was the first game you played? Yeah, I go back way back to uh, early 80s of the Atari 2600. So uh, some of the prominent games, I remember sitting in front of a black and white TV, which kind of stinks now looking at what these kids have in their, in their bedrooms. Um, you know, games like uh, Donkey Kong, Asteroids was a big game for us. Um, of course, Pac-Man, um, Space Invaders, uh, Pitfall. Um, some of the uh, sports games was, was, were pretty hideous. And then we look back, there was a game, a football game was like five on five. Um, you know, it, it shouldn't even be like considered a football game now that you look at Madden. And then I uh, claim the fame. I actually owned, um, I guess, the, the, the one 
um, game that is known as the worst game ever produced, and that's E.T. Wow, so you're one of the few that had that yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. There, there was a pretty cool documentary on it, I want to say, mm-hmm. a couple of years back. And um, I, yeah, I, I hope I hope I actually got it for free for a birthday or something. I really hope mom and dad did pay for it, but I did have E.T. So I, I guess if you liked the movie as a kid, you, you kind of gave the, the game a shot. But uh, looking back, it was pretty hideous uh, for sure. Amazing. So how'd you kind of first get into the content licensing world? Yeah, um, I was working at Madison Square Garden for a couple of years, typical kind of stepping stone role, uh, 96 to 98. Um, luckily, my manager there uh, was good friends with a manager at All Sport Photography um, in New York City. All Sport was created by three renowned photographers that literally, you know, found a, a niche of, of a sports photo agency that was needed in the marketplace so this was still in the film days. They weren't, you know, digitizing um, images yet. Um, got there in 98, um, April of 98, um, right after we were acquired by Getty Images. They kind of went on a spending spree and started buying some uh, some dot-coms. Uh, Allsport.com was one of them. And uh, yeah, first New York hire on the sales side, um, jumped into editorials, servicing, you know, magazines, servicing uh, networks like HBO. But also remember that, you know, the good old days of actually having a messenger come to your office and actually getting a sleeve of film in 35 millimeter transparencies and literally, you know, having that messenger, you know, escort that film to a source sports magazine or Sports Illustrated or HBO. And, uh, you know, this was before digital and the dot com boom. So that evolved. And then um, shortly after, probably around 2002, 2003, um, sports commercial kind of became a thing where um, Getty Images saw the value in partnering with uh, sports properties such as uh, the NFL and MLB, hockey, um, NBA. Uh, These leagues basically did not have um, a dedicated hub to host their legacy images in addition to the images that are happening every day. And, uh, you know, Getty did a great job uh, together with their sales staff and actually building out that program or those programs with those leagues. So we were tasked with servicing the league offices on content needs and also servicing uh, exclusively the commercial business partners. So, you know, your, your, your American Expresses, your Budweiser's, your Visa's of the world, um, and they would come to us for all their ads you know, point of sale, print advertising. This is before social media. So it was a lot of kind of hard copy uh, print work as far as commercial use. And then of course, um, you know, editorial, um, there are no restrictions to use a, a photograph or, or a video clip for editorial, which is anything that's newsworthy in nature. And, uh, you know, it kind of ran the gamut from, you know, magazines to, uh, to uh, websites and, and broadcast companies. So yeah, for those out there, you can mean like these different publications actually licensing images of different athletes and highlights from, you know, NFL player or an MLB player. Yeah, you know, you also had fantasy sports coming to the fold after the dot-com boom as well. But but yeah, I mean, it, it, it runs the gamut from, uh, you know, every single sport out there. Um, some of the websites, you know, kind of went by the wayside, but the, the big heavy hitters, the publications out there, you know, they're in need of live imagery. So if it's the Olympics or the World Cup or NBA Finals Game 7, they're just waiting for the most relevant images to come through the hub um, to be able to license for them to tell their story. So, you know, it was kind of you know, a really great environment to be around 
Um, you know, unlike working for a professional team, if you work for the Knicks, you know, they had their good days and they had their bad days. But, you know, I always said, uh, you know, working at All Sport and Getty, like we, we were taking W's every day, like every day was a win. Just phenomenal photography coming through, uh, not just here in the States, but across the globe. Absolutely. So how did you kind of first get into the, you know, esports and gaming side, you know, the business? Yeah, um, like anybody else, you know, I was looking at it around 2016, 2017. Um, I have three kids. My oldest is 15. So by then he was like 12 or 13. And, you know, he's, he's gaming. He's playing, you know, a lot of Fortnite. He's, he's playing Madden. He's playing 2K with his boys. Um, and then, um, you know, it was kind of just strike of luck. Uh, Ed Brooks, who's one of our three uh, co-founders, it's myself, Ed Brooks, and Dante Simpson, um, Ed used to work at the National Football League um, during the same window when I was the, uh, the manager of the NFL partnership at Getty from 04 to 09. So we had met there um, and he was in my LinkedIn and he kind of reached out to me years later around late 2017. And I still had the screen grab and he says, hey, Mario, you know, long time since we've connected, I'm looking to start my own esports multimedia company. Do you want to get coffee? And I was like, yeah, let's get coffee. So that was uh, by April 2018, we sat down for a coffee, actually April 12th, coming up on Monday, uh, the three-year anniversary of, of just sitting down. And he showed me the blueprint. And the first thing I did was kind of do my homework. And, you know, I went to, you know, other agencies out there to see what their pulse was and what their scope of coverage has been on esports. And you could just tell that nobody was really doing it on a dedicated level. Um, they would go to an event here and there, but they weren't, you know, at Rocket League at the same time of being at Dota at the same time being at COD or, 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 or League of Legends. So I said, hey, listen, so if we're going to do this, um, we're going to be the de facto, you know, esports and gaming digital media licensing platform. So this is all we're going to do. We're not going to kind of flirt with other traditional sports. And quite frankly, our space does need a dedicated platform to aggregate not only our coverage from the eSPAT cameras, but also the coverage from third-party IP holders, such as a, a publisher, a team, or a tournament organizer. Absolutely. So, you know, you kind of started to mention, so tell us a little about eSPAT. You know, what is it? And, you know, what's some current work that you're doing and some upcoming projects? Yeah. So eSPAT stands for eSports Pixels and Technology. So, uh, the technology part is is what we're working on kind of behind the curtain. So it's it's kind of like, you know, the way we've all um, viewed images online will be a little bit different on our site versus traditional platforms. Um, but in, at its core, it's a, you know, it's a tried and true model um, that's been that's been done or is being done every day across entertainment and traditional sports. We're just taking that model into the esports and gaming space. So, you know, let's say this is a non-COVID year, you know, any given weekend, we could be at, you know, E3, TwitchCon, or any other major tier one, tier two, tier three uh, esports tournament. So we go in with our cameras. Um, we, we basically cover the event from a newsworthy perspective. Um, everything from fans outside, arrivals, general views of the arena, um, and obviously, player arrivals, you know, jubilations, trophy raise, and we kind of cover it from soup to nuts. We deposit the photographs into our platform, eSpat.ai, um, as, as quickly as possible. From We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The venue straight to our platform. And then from there, um, it's basically a turnkey license opportunity for a blogger or somebody who has a website or somebody on the broadcast side. Um, you go through basically the, the purchase path and you are essentially purchasing a license to license that copyright uh, for editorial use. Um, occasionally, if you are maybe a headset manufacturer like a Turtle Beach or HyperX, or if you are uh, you know, a MasterCard and you have a deal with G2, um, you do have the rights per your agreement with those parties to utilize those images for commercial use. But for the most part, most of the content will be licensed for Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash win money to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Editorial purposes. Interesting. What's like kind of, you know, obviously coming from the more traditional sports and media world, everyone's kind of familiar with this. So how is it kind of working with the esports and gaming world where let's just say copywriting DMCA (laughs) and rights holders is a little bit more flimsy than it might be elsewhere? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, You know, listen, I think at the core, um, you know, collectively, you know, now with our, our new CEO, Matt Hill, there's, you know, 80 years of experience entering the space um, under the eSpad platform. So we kind of want to bring that infrastructure, right? IP should never be taken lightly. There's, you know, LeBron James, you know, got C and D, right? I mean, LeBron James, um, you know, the Dallas Cowboys years ago, you could look it up, got C and D by a freelance photographer, you know, just because you think there's a photograph of you that exists, whether you're a gamer or a content creator or, or you know, LeBron James, yeah, it's a photograph of you, but you don't own that copyright. Just like I cannot use LeBron's likeness to do an ad for like my basketball camp if I had one. Um, you can't utilize, you know, an eSpat picture or anybody's picture 
or a, you know, a video clip without securing the license. And then obviously if it's for commercial use, there'll be additional clearances to secure. But editorial use, yeah, everything has to be uh, buttoned up. So we thought that, hey, um, every publisher, every team has a content team. They're creating assets. It's sitting out in the cloud. It's you know on Flickr, on SmugMug. You know, how great would it be if we can just aggregate that content, be the gatekeeper, and you know, kind of just really take that off their shoulders, um, create passive revenue in the form of royalties. So if you own the copyright, we will share in the revenue with you back to the IP holder. Uh, but just as important, just really being the, the, the digital asset management police out there and making sure that everybody's in compliance. Interesting. Yeah, I think that's a big thing that, you know, the creators themselves have been starting to learn with all these Twitch DMCA notices where it's like you're playing a song that's owned by Drake or Beyonce or their record label. Like it's not yours. And just because you think you can play, it doesn't necessarily mean you're allowed to or have the right. Yeah. And listen, we, we as, as everyday people, we go through that. I mean, I remember I just just for like, you know, just for giggles, I'm in the car and I, I think I put on Instagram a song that was on the radio. And within 60 seconds, Instagram took it down, you know, so it's and I'm not even like a, a magazine or a website or a brand. I'm just like a regular guy with an IG account. And yeah, that's that's music. You just can't publish music like that. So, yeah, you're spot on. So what's some current work that you guys have been doing? I know you guys have been announcing some deals recently. Tell us a little about those. So, I mean, 2020 obviously affected the entire ecosystem. So, um, you know, if I can take, take you back to 2019 is where we were basically, you know, sending um, our network of photographers and videographers around the world, either for an editorial assignment where, again, they're just covering it strictly um, from a news perspective or shooting for a brand on the commercial side. You know, 2020 was, you know, a year where we had probably 160 events on our calendar to cover. That's everything from college to pro to, you know, gaming festivals, um, pro-ams, you name it. You know, we, uh, we were very bullish on the Call of Duty, um, you know, franchise-based model where it's city to city. We were able to cover, I think, three cities for them in 2020 for our platform. And then, you know, COVID came right around mid-March or so. But, you know, 2020, we kind of just pivoted real quick and to steal, you know, a line from my, my partner Dante is, you know, if, if you stay ready, you don't have to be ready. So, you know, we, we basically just kind of kept on working on the platform. And then we went into full, uh, full partnership mode. We, we started building value in conversations with um, third party IP holders. Um, to date, we have uh, seven organizations which bring 30 teams. So if you get an organization, they may have four teams, they may have 10 teams that participate across various titles. So those teams see the value in monetizing and hosting their content with us. Um, version two of our platform will be next year where we'll start supporting video. Um, but for right now, we're basically the, the hub for not only our content, but any third party that wants to expose um, some of their assets and, and, and build a revenue model for themselves. Interesting. So like different teams are kind of giving you access to player photos that they're taking and other content they're creating on their own? Yeah, we started out in the Far East and, you know, we, we thought it would be a good idea to try to have a footprint in various parts of the world. So, um, you know, we have a deal with Talon Esports, a very prominent org out in, uh, in Asia. Uh, moving out West, we started doing deals with Madrid Lions out of Spain, 
uh, Team Queso out of Spain, which is a prominent mobile esports team, which we're very bullish on mobile esports. Um, then here in the States, we have deals with uh, Misfits Gaming, and they bring three teams to the table, Overwatch, Call of Duty, and uh, their LEC League of Legends team. And we most recent deal was uh, the Minnesota Rocker and version one, which brings us um, Call of Duty, uh, Valorant, and, and Rocket League. So yeah, we, we've had some really great discussions, not just with teams, but publishers and, uh, and and tournament organizers as well. Amazing. So I know that you kind of came from the more traditional sports world, and now you're in this gaming space. So what kind of similarities have you noticed in you know between content licensing and the, the spaces, and what about some differences? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I'll start with the differences um, commercially, where you know. Uh, a licensee, a, par, a brand or a consumer product where they license it to promote their company or their brand, it's just, it's not there yet, right? So I, I'm used to working on the NFL um, partnership where, you know, Pepsi would license six NFL players under a GLA, which stands for Group Licensing Agreement. Um, you know, they go right to the PA, they have a turnkey uh, license with 1,800 active NFL players. And you walk into a grocery store and you see a point of sale with the likeness of you know, six players in action or, or, in, or in portraits or in candid moments. Um, or it could be, you know, DirecTV doing ads or EA Sports or, or Panini trading cards. So commercially, um, it's not there yet. Um, hopefully, you know, maybe because, you know, the lack of unions or, you know, brands, um, are not there yet with esports. Um, so commercially, there is a big difference as far as the revenue that's being um, generated across traditional stick and ball sports compared to esports. Um, on the editorial side, the only difference is, quite frankly, the platform did not exist—a dedicated platform that would be synonymous with this industry. So um, that's how we came about. Um, Again, the model has been is not revolutionary. People have been licensing content for decades. Um, again, we just thought there was a, a really good opportunity for us to be on brand and be part of the community. Yeah, I mean, I think that's you know a really unique point that you pictured, you know, brought out there that this is such a new area and that the it's just not as developed. And if brands are doing these deals with the talent. Usually they're involving with the team somehow. So they usually kind of get the assets for the team from them or your player. You might just have one or two photos or a logo that you might've had. You don't really have this robust kind of stuff that you own the same way, you know, Odell Beckham has all these highlight touchdowns. Like you have to get the league of legends, you know, riot high games from their highlights to start getting faker clips and incorporating it. So, you know, you start having a whole new mechanism involved in these transactions. Yeah, listen, it's the old saying, right? If, if you build it, they will come. Um, the, the addressable market is there. We, we've kind of done our homework. Um, you know, we're, we're also bullish on, there's a lot of low-hanging fruit. I think when you speak of content, um, you know, we want to establish uh, uh, this sort of, you know, mantra and theme that everybody's a creator, right? So Justin Jacobson is going to write a blog, right? Justin Jacobson needs access to a library of still images, um, the idea that you're going to spend $250 to $300 for one image, I'll venture to say that's not in your budget. Um, we plan on having, you know, uh, opportunities on our platform to address every sector of the market, right? So whether you are Bleach Report and you have X budget or whether you're a 16-year-old blogger, there's going to be opportunities for him and her to come in and create articles or create a social post using our platform. Um, but yeah, it's at, at its core... 
Um, you know, we definitely um, understand um, that the community operates in esports a little bit differently than traditional sports. Um, but we just we love the fact that it's a global footprint, right? So, you know, if, if Dota is not really prominent here in the States, but it's out, you know, really prominent in the Far East, then we'll cover Dota and we'll probably see more sales out there than here and, and, and vice versa for Call of Duty. So, you know, it's, it's just a lot of moving parts within esports. Um, quite frankly, we're really, you know, excited about, you know, hopefully, you know, in-person in, in events being safe to attend so we can get back on the scene and create content. Absolutely. So, you know, as they say, content is king. So what are your kind of the thoughts on the future of content licensing in esports? Will live events just become very much more focused where there's content licensing out with like a Getty image at every event or is just really the big events? No, I mean, I think every every event has a story, right? So there's 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 a tale for every seed. I mean, you know, there's there's somebody out there who just loves to write about, you know, the grassroots um, initiatives or college esports, and then there's somebody who actually just writes about mobile esports. So we'll we'll be doing our homework as far as where to send our resources and our coverage, um, you know. But on the licensing side, Justin, uh, again, technology is going to be a, a very prominent play and element to our platform. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of kind of uh, contextual overlays, e-commerce capabilities, um, of which is not really, really revolutionary. It's being done on Instagram right now. Um, the most important thing with eSports is that we have an opportunity at eSpat AI to educate the marketplace of who these players are, right? Because it's not Joe Smith with a headset. Everybody has a gamer name, right? So um, I kind of equate it to the power of NFL films, how it made me a big NFL fan in the early 80s where through storytelling, through visuals, they they told me who Dick Buckus was or John Unitas. I wasn't old enough to watch them play, but you know, as a as a as a platform, uh, you know, uh, linear TV, you know, they basically gave me the history of the NFL. So years from now, and we're still early in this, and, and I do want to stress that you know we are actually creating the market. It doesn't exist. So um, the idea of us being, you know, a $12 billion a year industry like the NFL, it's going to take some time for all of us uh, collectively, us on the media side, sponsorships, TOs, leagues, devs, you name it, to actually build this up. We just want to stay in our lane and do our part. But we think we have an opportunity to kind of educate the globe as far as who these players are and what these titles are and who won and, and, and who, their bio and here's their social channel. So all of that is going to uh, play a role in our platform. Interesting. I think, you know, it's a good point that you bring up that, you know, eventually there's going to be the story of Ninja and Nick Merckx and you're going to want to, or Faker, or any of these legendary players, and you're going to have these highlight clips and interviews that they've done. And you're going to need a resource to get all this from. And one thing, something like that doesn't really exist. You know, in writing my own book, I did a lot of, you know, research from what was out there, but it was more piecing news articles together and trying to write a story that's not really cohesive anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. And if you recall, um, you know, ESPN, uh, geez, about maybe 20 years ago or so, did a great piece on Sports Century. So they highlighted the top 100 athletes ever. And think about the procurement that was involved of getting the highlights, of getting the still images. And you see that now with... Um, you know, E60, right? Um, HBO Real Sports. Um, you know, I'm a sucker for a lot 30 of- 30 for movies. 30s, I love. 30 for 30s. I mean, like, think about it. You watch one 30 for 30, you can't wait for the next one. So, you know, I think sometimes we don't appreciate what's involved to actually procure 
these assets, again, you know, moving footage, still images. Um, you know, I'm also really bullish on user-generated content, also known as UGC. So that's basically in an environment like today where there's no LAN events, the idea that, you know, a, a content creator could be Dr. Lupo, Dr. Disrespect, or anybody, or, or a player, or, you know, Clayster from Call of Duty could literally, like, just submit content to us, you know, from, from anywhere, um, you know, just from his camera roll. And we'll put that in the catalog and take it from there. Interesting. So what's kind of the future of eSpat? Let's kind of like bring this towards the end. Yeah. So um, again, technology is going to be very big for us. Um, we continue to have conversations with IP holders to build out the platform. We're always going to have our wholly owned coverage. Those are the photographs that we own from our cameras, but we do want to kind of fill in the gaps, um, you know, across mobile and traditional PC console, esports with uh, with the IP holders. So, yeah, fingers crossed. You know, we kind of hope um, in person events start coming back slowly but surely in a, in a very safe environment. Uh, but technology is going to be a, a big component. Um, you know, obviously NFT is is the buzzword the last few months in our industry or every industry really. Um, so we're we're looking at that. I think it's still early for us NFTs, um, but we're obviously looking at that as well. Yes, you know, NFTs are definitely its, its own conversation here, but as a, a quick little thought, it, it really kind of hooks into this whole content licensing conversation and that the NFT itself is a piece of content that you license out and the license could be a sale or transfer, or, you know, whatever other transaction actually happens with it. Yeah, I mean, the NFT thing is, is, is we have to be careful because I don't think people really understand what's involved to actually produce uh, and mint a piece because just because you're a player, let's just take it, you know, you're Rob Gronkowski or anybody else Yeah, you have, and this is up your alley too, Justin, you know, you have control of your IP, your likeness, right? Um, but he's also property or a player of the Tampa Bay Bucks or used to be on the New England Patriots. And oh, by the way, they um, play and compete under the NFL. And when you go to an NFL game on that credential, there are you know certain stipulations what you can do or how you can distribute that content via that credential. So just because you're a player or an esports player or any athlete, you know, yeah, you're you're creating product of your likeness, but there's a few layers there. Now, if you want to go in your backyard and have like your friend take a picture of you, there's pretty much no restrictions after that, you know. But a lot of these players and athletes are competing. Um, within certain rules and regulations of those events, if that makes any sense. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's one of these things that I always get this question in the music world. It's like, should I sample something? Or should I do it myself? There's a distinction between you going in your backyard and taking a photo and you taking the photo of the touchdown from Getty Images and thinking you own it. And Absolutely. that's really the biggest thing here. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and listen, the bottom line is uh, right now, it, it, it looks like everybody's kind of running around like a chicken with no head. Um, but my, my gut tells me that the publishers, the leagues will start paying more attention to it as far as, well, timeout. I mean, listen, the word Super Bowl, if your local church used it and they found out, they would see indeed the church. I mean, it's, you know, the, the lawyers are out there and, and they will, you know, find out who's infringing upon their IP. So NFTs, you know, it's not editorial. People are making money off it. And, you know, my, my gut tells me that they're, they're pretty much watching this unfold right now. And I think we'll hear more about, you know, some of the moves, um, the, the, the hierarchy of the sports properties will start make, will start making. Interesting. So, you know, thank you so much for joining us. This was extremely insightful. So tell everybody where they can find you. 
Yeah, pleasure. Uh, my Twitter is my first name, Mario, M-A-R-I-O underscore Prosp, P-R-O-S-P. Uh, the company handles on Twitter and Instagram is at ESPAT Media, uh, spelled the way it sounds. And uh, yeah, I appreciate everything. And uh, thanks for having me on. My pleasure. You know, thanks everybody again for tuning in and make sure to check it out. ESPAT.AI, they have some amazing content up there. And Thanks for tuning in and follow me on Twitter, Justin JESQ. Check Apple Podcasts for all our past episodes. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.